0: Father God, we thank you for the privilege we have this morning just as every Lord's Day to gather in the name of Christ as his body uh, to remember together the work he's done for us in the gospel, to remember the work you've done in taking away our sins and placing them on your son and raising him to new life to assure us of an eternal hope in him and for the ways that you, through your spirit in our midst, are remaking us into the likeness of Christ. We know that there's so much work you have to do in each of us as individuals and in us as a whole body. And we pray that we would be uh, sharp in our thinking and soft in our hearts to let your word do its work that you want to do. And even as we kind of draw together and summarize and reflect on some of the things we've seen in this series, we pray that it would be helpful to us, uh, both in remembering what we've heard as well as in thinking forward about uh, how we might walk in light of what you've shown us from your word. And a wise application of it. Please give me faithfulness in speaking the things of you. And wisdom in uh, my communication. And give us all ears to hear. And please be glorified in our unity and love that we share as the body of Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, our tenth and final lesson on ethnic justice in the kingdom of God. Um, This course... Of course, we talk about justice, meaning what ought to be done and what ought to be thought and believed uh, regarding these matters of ethnicity and race. We've we've tried to look at these things from a biblical perspective, from the perspective of what God has revealed. These are sticky issues, um, and uh, I hope, you know, certainly we haven't had every problem resolved and every uh, possible thing we need to do totally clarified. But I hope it's been helpful, at least walking forward in, in gaining biblical clarity together on what the issues are and how the Lord would have us to walk. Um, here's what we're going to do in today's uh, last session. We're going to do three things. First, I'm going to give a brief overview of what we covered. Just kind of walk through the sequence of the course, kind of to see the the way the way it works out. If you've been here the whole time, nothing in that will be new to you. But I hope you know it's been. Like almost three months since we started, so probably it'll be just helpful to hopefully get a, hopefully brief (laughs) overview, 30,000 foot view of of everything we've done here. Uh, Then I'm going to give you all a few moments to reflect a little bit. You may recall if you were here the first week, I gave you some reflection questions, sort of the front end, to think through this issue and this course. We're going to return to those questions. We're going to return to both the answers you gave as well as kind of reflecting again on those things, and then we'll have an opportunity to talk together a little bit about um, reaction to the course, and then finally, so we we, we review, we re, uh, reflect, and then thirdly, we will reason together. Um, and I'm, I have a couple of kind of discussion questions. So we did say Q and A, but this is how the Q and A part going to look. I put a couple of discussion questions in your handout, and we're going to talk about those. Um, We're going to apply some of the tools that we've gained from this course, trying to exercise biblical, godly reasoning to these questions together. So I've done, uh, and when Greg taught, he did a lot of the talking, um, but this will be a chance to kind of talk and think together um, toward the end. And we're going to solve every issue, aren't we? (laughs) Totally come to full agreement on every detail. Uh, So first, let's talk about some review. Um, we began our course by taking a look around at our society and at our church uh, and I mean our church, also the church at large making some observations about ethnicity and race and we noted that the landscape in these matters uh, is one of tension there's been conflict uh, lately, especially in recent years there's been a lot of disagreement on how to view these issues there's been pain, there's been division And then we spent the next two lessons trying to wrap our arms around what the problems really are and what they aren't. Uh, So we looked at some accounts out there for what the problems are and then tried to look at maybe a more, more, hopefully a more biblical perspective analysis of what the problems are. Uh, The first kind of deficient account we looked at is uh, critical race theory, which is a way of, really a way of looking at the world, a way of looking at um, society and kind of all of human existence, seeking to view everything through the lens of racial uh, power discrepancies between racial groups. So it's about race, it's about different racial groups and power and oppression. And um, we saw that there, there are some things that this perspective gets right and observes rightly, but it's fundamentally flawed because it undermines the Bible's teaching about our personal responsibility for sin and because it applies a godless standard of justice to the problem. There's no real room for God in that system so the very man-centered and man-defined notion of justice the other flawed view we saw is the one that in essence says there's really no problem with race and ethnicity there's nothing to see here nothing to do Um, and this view especially as we see it expressed among Christians what we saw is wrong here is that uh, some of its critiques of CRT are good but what what it does wrong is it doesn't take into account the subtlety of sin it doesn't take into account the fact that we can have unintentional sin we can sin without realizing it and it doesn't account for the ways that sin can permeate institutions and the society as a whole. Even while we're personally responsible for our role in sin, there's still a sense in which the Bible portrays sin as something that can arise to the level of the whole society or institution. So we need to take account for that. So what we saw was that a biblical analysis to the issue points uh, to, first of all, taking unintentional sin seriously, that we could have things going on in our heart that we're not totally aware of, um, and acknowledging sin at both the individual and the collective levels and um, breaking down so we have this term of racism it's this big monolithic kind of vague what does it mean and no one wants to admit to being a racist except the people who are like really really <laughs> explicitly racist and so we all fight over who's. what does it mean to be a racist who's a racist breaking it down into more biblical categories of various kinds of ethnic sins, right? We, we looked at ethnic favoritism or partiality, ethnic pride, etc. And when we look at, we kind of have this more fine-grained analysis on these biblical categories, we see that in, in some ways or another, these things can trip all of us up. These are things that we all have to battle in the level of our hearts. Um, so moving on, so, so that was the part where we tried to understand the problem. Then we looked at solutions, we looked at some false solutions, so that the false the solutions that arise from the deficient analyses of the problem—if you don't get the—if the, you don't rightly understand what's wrong—you're probably going to prescribe a faulty uh, solution. So the, the CRT analysis leads to basically a destructive path of perpetual guilt for the majority, uh, the oppressor class. This can, really can never get out of this 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 endless mill of guilt. And then it it tends to just be uh, perpetuate division and conflict between the groups. It doesn't really have any solution for moving out of that. Uh, On the other hand, this is all overblown response, a kind of aggressive anti-CRT response that we saw. Um, The the kind of typical way we could summarize that response is just preach the gospel. And what we saw is wrong with that is, yes, the gospel is the basis for all of our life in Christ as individuals and as a church, but simply preaching and believing the gospel isn't all that's needed in sanctification in any regard. Um, it, this is a misunderstanding of the doctrine of progressive sanctification. Uh, every, gra- every aspect of our growth as Christians in maturity and righteousness and holiness is a matter of putting the gospel to work in specific ways in our hearts and minds and affections and relationships and actions uh, in the words of Philippians 2.12, we're called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And our ethnic unity is one area where we have to work out the the, the work of the gospel, the implications of the gospel in our lives. So, what should we do about it then? We, we looked at a few different biblical tools that believers have in our tool belt that the Bible gives us as we strive to walk in unity and love as the people of Christ. Um. Across all kinds of ethnic divisions and all kinds of other divisions, right? The, uh, pretty much everything we learned about with regard to how to walk in unity and love—the more constructive things—they apply to all the differences that would exist among the body. Uh, race and ethnicity seems to be a particularly um, kind of painful and complicated and uh, divisive issue, but the, there are so many other categories like age and social status, etc., that these these same tools are very relevant. Uh, so we looked at uh, first understanding just God's plan for his redeemed people that the ethnic unity in diversity, we could call it kind of a, a, a long sort of hyphenated phrase, unity in diversity, is an intentional part of God's purpose in saving a people in Christ. That ethnic diversity among the redeemed is not an accident, uh, it's actually part of the design, it's, it's a feature because it magnifies the grace of God to all kinds of different people. Secondly, we saw then from that big picture we could call redemptive kingdom diversity, we saw how that scales down to the local church. Uh, The church is supposed to be, just in general, this church is supposed to be a concrete reflection of the values of heaven. The kingdom of God that, that has come in an initial way in the church is coming in full when Christ returns, and we're supposed to be an outpost of the future kingdom, living out heaven's values in the world. And that includes unity and diversity among different ethnic groups. Uh, and so because the gospel is for all the nations, each local church should be for all the nations that are in its in its location. Um, and, you know, holding together, living that out as the church takes hard work. It takes vigilance. So then we looked at biblical teaching about how that works on the ground in our life as a body. Um, and it's really just all various expressions of love. That's kind of the kind of the blanket, the holy love of God in Christ that we've been brought into um, through Christ. Uh, that is kind of the blanket, or, or we say the umbrella, over everything he's called the church to. Uh, so we're to diligently preserve the unity that the Spirit brings about in, in the gospel among us. Uh, we're to exercise sympathy and tender hearts and humility. And we're... Uh, What that leads to is things like listening carefully to each other, truly trying to understand each other, trying to empathize with each other's experiences. We should be a people who share each other's burdens and griefs and sorrows, including sorrows over the pain of ethnic sin that members in our midst may be experiencing, both in the church and in the world. Uh, We also saw last week, kind of bringing it uh, uh, to uh, to a close, that... uh, when diverse people covenant together in a local church, we bring our diverse opinions and our diverse preferences. And uh, there's a lot that's pretty concrete and uh, non-negotiable about how the church is supposed to operate according to the Bible. But there's also a lot of ways that preference and culture and these things are going to be expressed in how we do what God's called us to do. And so we have to humbly navigate these differences of opinion and preference uh, that are tied often to ethnicity and culture. Um, and the key, of course, is we, we learn about 1 Corinthians 13, 5, that love doesn't insist on its own way. There's a humble kind of giving mutually between us all, excuse me, between us all as we walk forward. So that's I hope kind of brief rundown of what we covered. Uh, and any, I know this is all very much review, so nothing really new. But is there any questions or reflections on just that, what we covered in the last nine weeks before we, before we move on? Thank you. Everyone's going, man, we could have gone through all this so much faster. <laughs> why, do you, why do we have to take nine hours to go through all that? Well, um, let's let's move toward reflecting together. Um, so we're going to start by doing this just privately. Now, uh, I, sh- I probably should have given you all, uh, it would have been nice i have given you all a heads up that we would be doing this, but... If you were here the first week, uh, I gave you some questions to reflect on and respond to in your own notes if you have like a, uh, a, a notebook you're using or in your handout. Which So you may or may not have those answers accessible to you now. Uh, it may have been on your bulletin that you wrote on these really profound answers and then went home and threw away immediately, which is totally fine. Uh, but if you have your answers or if you to the degree that you can remember what you wrote, I want to have us all... Um, Basically, I want to bring those questions before you again, and you have that in your handout, and ask you to kind of revisit your answers that you gave and then reflect on, now that we're on the the other end, where are you at with these? So the first question I ask, and this will be literally just quietly writing or thinking, um, and we'll we'll spend a few minutes doing that through these questions privately, and then we're going to have some time together. We come together and just share some responses uh, to the course, some impacts that we may have... Um, We may have experienced or seen in others. uh, And they can be positive or negative. You know, they can be critique, too. Um, And uh, so that will be how this this sort of reflection portion goes. So the first question I asked way back then was, what is a tangible impact you want this course to make? So if you have your answer at hand or if you remember what you said... um, then you can reflect on those impacts and just kind of reflect, how's it going? Does that seem to happen? Has it seemed to not happen? Is it still kind of hard to tell? Um, And then you can also just reflect on other impacts, maybe impacts you didn't anticipate or hope for. So again, uh, reflecting, did the things that you anticipate and and hope for come to fruition, or are there other impacts that you've detected? The second question was, what is a concern or fear that you have about this course? So again, if you have your answers at hand, you can reflect on the concerns you had at the time and whether they've been realized. Have all your worst nightmares come true <laughs> as we've gone through this course? Or uh, has, has it not happened? Or have there other been, been other problems that you didn't anticipate, other, uh, other uh, troubles that have arisen through this course? Again, you're in yourself or in others or, or just the way it's gone. Um, and then the third question is, what is something you could commit to praying for the duration of the course? Did you pray about that thing? Maybe you wrote that down and then you forgot to ever pray about it. That's fine. You can still pray. We can still, God. we always have God's ear and his throne of grace in heaven. We have access to pray. So um, I guess the question now is more, what, what's a way we can move forward and let the, the things we covered in this course inform our prayers moving forward into the future and have, have a more uh, lasting place in our in our prayer life. Uh, so does that make sense, those three questions, and sort of what reflecting on them would look like. I think we'll we'll give oh maybe ten minutes or so to answering those things. And then and then we'll come back together and we'll kind of discuss a little bit. By the way, if you've come in, if you came in during this period of silence and you're wondering what on earth is going on, <laughs> um, we're we're reflecting on the questions uh, that are under reflection in your handout that have to do with uh impact the course has had on us Kind of responding and revisiting those those answers all right i think that's about good in terms of time so now that we've each reflected individually we'll kind of bring it together and no obligation of course on anyone to share if you're not comfortable with it but uh Collectively, somebody's got to share. Okay? So, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just corporately obligate you all uh, without wanting everyone individually to feel that way. But uh, basically an opportunity to share together some of these responses and reflections. So uh, I think the question I wrote in your handout was kind of that first one. What are some impacts that you have seen from the course? Uh, and we'll start there, but I think it would be good to also just ask what were some concerns you may have had or fears. If you, I mean, that's a pretty vulnerable thing to share. But if anyone has something they feel comfortable sharing, as well as um, ways that we might move forward praying um, as a result of the course. So, yeah, any impacts that anyone wants to share? Yeah, Christina.
1: I think it's meditating on these issues perfectly, asking God to help us with these issues helps us to love each other better, helps us to love God more, helps mm-hmm. us to be more Christ-like mm-hmm. and as we approach both the body of Christ uh, outside of R.C.G. And, mm-hmm. uh, and those who we are seeking to care for into the body of Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. So I'll try to summarize but just, it's helped inflame our, our love as we've meditated on these things um, that Christ has called us to have toward one another and even evangelistically as we're caring for others outside this body, yeah. Praise God.
1: Yeah? I uh, think so. it was helpful to know uh, some things that we might not have known before this class of what would make someone uncomfortable to to, um, to maybe identify that and... and um, Speak to them and be more welcoming hmm. to kind of rough uh, to smooth the, the rough edges of that, mm-hmm. and to be more welcoming to others that aren't
0: like us. Yeah, that's really encouraging. So Cindy said, just there's a raised awareness of maybe some things that 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 uh, might be off putting, like that one group might tend to do that could be off putting or offensive or things like that to the other group. Just to be a raised awareness of that and being willing willing to. Understand those things and and try to address them. Yeah, it's encouraging.
2: Yeah, Greg. Um, as far as a tangible impact, this wasn't a new tangible impact, but a reinforced one for me. Just the whole matter of unintentional sins and uh, which which often are ignorant sins, and and for me, probably I don't know, six or seven years ago was was just made more aware of certain ways of thinking I had, certain things I would say, like specifically even as it relates to matters of ethnicity and all of that, the comment, I don't see color, mm-hmm. is something I would have previously thought and said, but but seen more fully, that's often, almost always, um, unintentionally hurtful mm-hmm. to people in minority groups. Mm-hmm. In, in you know, Anyway, and so yeah, that... Yeah. That's a specific uh, matter that was reinforced. I yeah, guess. and just being all the more sensitive to that. Yeah. So. so something
3: that
0: you you would have intended in the past, really, as probably a way of embracing and, and finding commonality with, and there there's something true and good there, but not realizing because of the different experiences how that could be kind of salt in the wound a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To say we're I don't see color, I don't see any any differences. Yeah, yeah. That's really helpful. And, and, yeah, ignorance, unintentional sin just as a category for our thinking in these ways. Uh, yeah, sure.
1: I, I don't know if this answers the question or not, but uh, shortly after we started this series, we had our sack lunch, and I found that our little group, uh, I felt like we were all comfortable talking about mm-hmm. um, the ethnicity of each other's lives, and mm-hmm. uh, we did open up about mm-hmm.
2: Um, our own,
1: you know, fears that we had
0: growing mm-hmm. up or even now mm-hmm. going on in the world. And I don't know if we would have done that mm-hmm. if it weren't for this course. Hmm. That's really encouraging. So, maybe encouraging us to acknowledge and talk together about our ethnicity and how it's it's shaped our experiences. How it's a part of who we are and how God's made us and how sin has affected us um, in our lives. And, and it's, it's really... Um, it's a part of knowing each other. It's a part of, of, of the bonds of unity that we have with one another in Christ is really wanting to know each other's experiences and fears and battles and strengths and things like that. That So yeah, that's really encouraging to hear. Yeah, I remember once I, I was talking to somebody about ethnicity. It, it, it was totally off my radar. It was another Christian who was kind of pressing me on it. And I remember once saying, Kind of like Greg, or I said, like I don't, I don't. It just doesn't matter as a category to me. I just care about who. I just care about my friends. I just care about who they are. I don't care about their ethnicity. And he said, Well, don't don't you think that's part of who they are? <laughs> that that's that's a part of knowing and caring about the person is their set of experiences that they've had. I was like, Oh yeah, um, I had not thought of it that way. Yeah. Great. Uh, any others on this one? Impacts.
4: Yeah, Matt. Wait. Hey. Along the same lines, of the conversations, just the patience of people who might have uh, been offended, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk to the things people who have been angry. Mm-hmm. like just being patient to, to listen and explain things and you know, yeah. not come down so harshly. Yeah, That's what the world's been doing Yeah, so that yeah.
0: Yeah, sorry, am I cutting you off? No, but yeah, some of the some of the um, ways, especially on the more kind of CRT influenced side of things, can just be this very hardening against each other sort of a thing. But uh, in the body of Christ, this sort of softness toward each other, where it's like you start realizing, like, oh, we're there's just so many ways that we can cause offense to each other, <laughs> like we can unintentionally or, or ignorantly or whatever. But just this attitude of we're not. We're not looking for you know how to magnify each other's wrongs, but there's a sense of we're sticking together. <laughs> we're going to walk through it. We're going to learn together. We're going to have conversations, uh, and, and yeah, that's yeah, that's super important. Uh, not not just raise awareness of how sinful each other is, but a raised uh, commitment to walking together through those things. Yeah, in love, preserving the unity of the spirit. Yeah, what about concerns? fears anyone had uh, and and whether they've come to fruition or not yeah Christina
1: um, I think that in any of these issues that can be close to the heart and or pointed at the heart um, and it, the fear is that we um, or I or anyone would act, react tightly defensively, pulling mm-hmm. the wagons and a justification of mm-hmm. our position and wanting to be right instead of um, really humbly allowing God to change us. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that, you know, it's like especially in this world right now where everything is so mm-hmm. polarized. Yeah. Um, I think it's the, that's the fear, is like the, even bringing up a subject like this, would mm-hmm. just make people more firm in their position yeah. instead, of, um, instead of really, you know, Seeking to change. Mm-hmm. That's
0: improved. Yeah, that's a, a good. So, how's it gone? I mean, I've been in and out
1: of it. Yeah, yeah. As far as the interactions amongst
0: the body, as
1: much in that process, but I've been really blessed to see just the humility mm-hmm. and the care that people have put into this.
0: Yeah, I, I've had the same experience. I'm very as a one who's taught a chunk of this course. I've been, uh, I've been very. I know we don't all agree on everything, and not all of you agree on everything I've said from up here, especially on everything Greg said. <laughs> I, 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 I totally uh, but I've, I've detected that too. I've detected a softness of heart and a humility of of hearing. Um, both the in-class and outside interactions. It's been super encouraging to me because this is an issue that the world, the world's way of doing it is very... I was just, the sermon's going to deal with this. The, the world's way is not the way of peace. And the world it, we see this so much. The world's way is hardening, antagonism, polarity. Uh, it, that's, that's the flesh. That's the devil. That's the world. And... Uh, of course, we need to have convictions, and we need to. There are certain things we need to deny firmly as as Christians, according to God's word. But there's also uh, a need to be humble and listening, and being willing to be challenged, and really not just react with kind of hard hearted defensiveness. And I've been super encouraged by uh, really this whole church in this res- in the response I've seen have not seen those things.
5: Yeah, Smokey. I'm uh, This is you said at the beginning. Of the- mm-hmm. My concern was not with um, what you would say, as much as how on earth do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had just finished reading the Bible with a guy that, with Ray's cousin, died. Mm-hmm. We just it was about that time, and he had never gotten over his concern. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, he was a, a gracious guy. When we started, it was much firmer. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a year before, and Mm -hmm. so I I was looking forward to the class because my concern was, how do we respond to this in Mm -hmm. a sensible way? What do we do with this? Mm -hmm. um, Thankfully, my questions got answered. Pretty much, I have ideas, but it, mm-hmm. as far as how biblically we should respond to this, but that was my concern at first is
4: mm-hmm.
5: how do we do this in a sensible way? Yeah, in terms of what's going on? yeah, I appreciate that. So, I mean,
6: we've all,
0: if we've been engaged in this, this issue, we've seen how messy it can get. It's kind of but <laughs> what Christina said about we've maybe run into people that were very strident in certain positions, kind of antagonistic toward others, and it's like, boy, this stuff, this stuff's really difficult. Um, so even not knowing how to how to approach it, um, so yeah, I'm glad, but hopefully some biblical furniture for for thinking through these things.
4: Yeah. Oh, you're welcome, yeah. uh, Matt Boyd. Ooh. Yeah. It's always always concerned about putting the cart before the horse. As far as like, you know, this is we're looking at this as the ones of the gospel mm-hmm. and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time I've had discussions about this with peers uh, that are Christians, not every time. It's often like sometimes the roles get reversed. Mm-hmm. Ethnicity seems to be more important. Yeah, uh, and just keeping the right perspective and like. I mean, we can be united mm-hmm. because because of the gospel mm-hmm. and we've this because of the gospel, but if we put the ethnicity first, primarily,
0: it just focuses on it. Yeah, so, so just there is a danger of overshadowing the gospel with these matters um, and making you know anything that we allow to become kind of the, the center of our, kind of the thing of first importance, to borrow Paul's language about the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 rightly understood it's an implication downstream of the gospel and so yeah that's a good a good issue Matt of how is this not a distraction we talked about that. how is this not a distraction from the gospel how do we not overshadow the gospel yeah that rightly understood it's a working out of our identity of, in Christ in the gospel um, let's appreciate all these answers what about that third one any ideas for how we can be praying uh, maybe there are things that you faithfully prayed all the way through or just things that that you uh, have realized now, or, or as a sort of product of going through the course, or yeah, what what are some ways that we can be praying regarding this issue,
4: Sherry? I spoke. He
1: said, "How in the world do we deal with this?" Um, mm-hmm. We need to be praying about that because not everybody is educated on this issue. And so mm-hmm. you get two people talking, and mm-hmm. they're going to tell you what they think about a certain subject. <laughs> yep. And you're going to, even as Christians, maybe they don't know the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But how in the world do we deal with this situation in a one on one conversation? Yeah. Where it's it heated. Yeah. And, but yet you want to exhort in love. Yeah. You know? How do we do
0: that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Just prayer for wisdom, fullness in conversations that come up, and, and this is again, this, this has come up a few times. This is an issue that can be divisive. There can be a lot of very strong views, a lot of emotion attached for various reasons, and so how to interact with maybe other believers, uh, in particular, or others in the world, uh, in a way that represents Christ's truth well and 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 is seasoned with humility and wisdom. Yeah. We need to constantly pray for that on this issue, as many others, right? Just that our, our, our words and our thinking would be uh, would be true and loving and life giving.
7: Yeah, John. Um, I was I put down the unity at, at RCG specifically. Mm-hmm. So that, um, that's, I think, part of like we're clearly not all one ethnicity. Mm-hmm. We're all unique individuals, but I think that's unity in that is one of the ways that we show. Uh, christ Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely just
0: that this would be an ongoing matter of prayer that we as a local body of christ would exhibit that unity across ethnic lines as well you know to keep saying as across all others that would divide us but yeah um just that's it's it's the work of the spirit right we pray for it Uh, it's work of the spirit working through us so it's an ongoing need of prayer that god himself would would um have us growing up together more and more in uh, Ephesians 4 and more and more collectively into the likeness of Christ who's our head
2: yeah yeah, great. I'm very much related to all of that that's been shared just thought a number of times uh, through the course how uh, praying even as Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew 6 the um, profundity of that brief prayer that begins with a preeminent focus on um, the hallowing of Mm -hmm. of God's name, the coming of His kingdom, the doing of Mm -hmm. His will, that just so radically orients everything in a whole different way. And and as as the substance of that prayer um, spills over into things we see in the book of Acts and the way the early Mm -hmm. church prayed, and even as they dealt with tensions and challenges and difficulties, Mm -hmm. and even as that uh, echoes on into... Like Paul's letters and places where he prays, it just orients everything in a whole different way than so it makes the prayers distinctively God-centered, yeah, more than just man-centered. Yeah, easily be
0: that's That's good. So all these things we're talking about, our interactions with individuals, our unity in the body, set in the framework of God. Hallowed be your name. That it's all about uh, God's name as as the church is the place where God puts his name his character and his saving work on display and yeah absolutely that very broadest context for motivation and clarity and exactly yeah Wilson
2: just a simple Uh. prayer like the willingness to
0: be
4: wrong Mm -hmm. I think can go a long way so just praying for humility Mm -hmm. Um, I think just touching on what Greg said earlier about I don't know how old you are exactly Greg but to have lived
0: as long as you did to come to the realization hey I, I might be wrong on some of these things
2: 47 <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's a lot and yeah uh, I've, I've had to make a lot of those mistakes um, and I, I
4: don't think I've arrived I've arrived uh, at where I want to be but just to have that posture of I, I could be wrong mm-hmm. on some of this for all of this um, and I think sometimes we can
0: pray, sometimes like the the Pharisee does in, in Matthew eighteen, I think, where we mm-hmm. we thank God for making us not like other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to pray like the tax collector and say,
6: "Father, have mercy on me, because yeah, um, help." Yeah, absolutely. And
0: again, God's Word has doctrines we're supposed to stand on with conviction, but he, but wisdom includes a real element of kind of self suspicion, um, not God's suspicion, not scripture suspicion but self-suspicion there's a lot of problems that warn against being wise in our own eyes that's like the signature move of the fool right (laughs) he's wise in his own eyes so that idea of just praying for the readiness to to have that open handedness about maybe I'm wrong about the things the way I'm seeing things and again that's another area where the gospel really frees us because whatever there is in us it's been paid for by Christ so it doesn't cost any more to acknowledge that there's something wrong or, or bad in us, right? It's like, there's not like, oh no, I didn't account for this, you know, now I'm in trouble. It's like, it's all paid for. We can be honest and free because He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We can confess, we can be... The Gospel opens us to be honest about sin with ourselves, with God and with one another. So, very good uh, matter of prayer.
3: Yeah, yeah Garrett? I just, you know, that I'll be honest with you, this course has driven me absolutely bonkers because i you know i you know i didn't see a problem per se perhaps because my particular life i've Mm -hmm. been exposed and this has been no big deal for me but you know what i I hear the people saying and then i think a follow-up on this you know using the term like diversity we, it that wasn't used too much diversity is our strength but I did mm-hmm. kind of hear that sort of through that some some people will say that maybe bring that into the church mm-hmm. but as a follow-up into mm-hmm. this for say say me is the, I did, the unity as, mm-hmm. as I think was Matt mentioned mm-hmm. the unity in it, you know and I and so the thing that kind of helped me Together through all... The, and it wasn't as bad as I think it's... To me, you know, I looked around and I didn't mm-hmm. see I, this problem in mm-hmm. this local body. Mm-hmm. And uh, But yet, hearing the comments, that's a good thing we had this, the, the, the awareness. But what I would like to see is the follow-up then, say, on, say, maybe sometime down the road, let's talk about unity because really that is something that we are to strive for <coughs> as Christians. Mm-hmm. And see, I can prove it because I'm going to read a couple of few verses here to you and then what we should work towards. And I've been, in my Bible study, in my time, I've been emphasizing because I've got into the word practice and as a coach, change mm-hmm. practice practicing the verses that do. But here's something... We should practice and uh, and said uh, in Romans fifteen, and, and the Pastor quotes these verses quite often as well. And we need to take this to heart. Now, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, that with one accord, mm-hmm. one accord, not diversity, accord, one accord, mm-hmm. that with one accord you may. With one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I honestly think, from my experience when I came in here, that's a feeling I got when I came to this church. I see this, but, uh, you know, and we need to do it with one voice. It, Wherefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the Father and for the Gentiles to glorify God for His mercy as is written. Mm -hmm. And so we are in in essence commanded Mm -hmm. to do these things. We as a church Mm -hmm. seek unity. Mm -hmm. And so by presenting this, this problem that is... In the secular world, a very strong problem. But yet, you know, I think we as a church, mm-hmm. and I think you, you know, that we need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So we need to strive for this unity. Yeah. And then this wouldn't be a problem. <coughs> because Christians will follow this. Here, Paul said, hey, to the Jews. Mm-hmm. also to all you nations and you ethnicities be mm-hmm. one mind and so So overall, yeah. thanks, Tim, for for presenting this. Yes. <laughs> And church, let's, let's stay unified. Let's yeah. work for it. Let's strive for it. Practice unity. Yeah, amen. So <laughs> praying for unity,
0: praying for that to be the the, the culture among us of, of that unity of mind in the gospel uh, that covers multitudes of sins and offenses and keeps us pulling together for Christ. And um, yeah, that God be working in each of our hearts to do that and working to to. to Preserve and deepen that as a part of our, our culture mutually. So, amen to that. Great matter of see
3: Yeah. else that, that I've got see where. All right, there's. I'm kind of interested in creation science a little bit. Daniel Jeanson who is a molecular biologist, geneticist, and he's got a book that that's going to be the next one. Now I'm going to try to tackle, and uh, it's uh, on descent, where he can now trace genetically the, the genome of the male Y chromosome and he traces it back and guess what? We're all the same.
6: same.
3: <laughs> we're black, we're mm-hmm. yellow, we're red, right, we're right. white. We all have. Every single one of us in here has those genes. We're all the same. And as Ken Ham would say, we're one blood. Mm-hmm. Know, again that unity and so i i'm, I'm curious i'm anxious to read that to yeah. see how that but i i look at that and scientifically we're you know we're all all right. one race the human race right right and we dealt with too that that
0: amen uh, to that the yeah. fact that um the way that ethnic differences have been tied to like pseudo scientifically tied to race as a as though we are like it's a genetic basis for treating each other differently. That was sort of the, the rationale in, in prior centuries of even creating these kind of racial, kind of a racial caste system. It was all based on perceived radical differences genetically. So, so just the, yeah, that's all sort of a um, scientific affirmation of the biblical worldview of we're, we're all an atom. There are, there are differences that have arisen culturally between the nations and uh, and, and our experiences socially do reflect that. But ultimately, there's that really important fundamental oneness in as, as a human race. Yeah. Um, appreciate all those responses, and I uh, hope this is an ongoing matter of, of uh, prayer and growth for all of us. Um, I'm going to lay, lay some questions before you, um, as if we hadn't been controversial enough in this uh, course. No, the point isn't to just be controversial. The point is to discern together some sticky questions. And these questions are both selected as those... Uh, in my opinion, there is not a biblically dogmatic answer on, this, on these questions. These are matters of discernment and wisdom, uh, and they're complicated. Uh, and I hope together to just tease out some of that. So I'm looking for three different kinds of contributions. I'm looking for pros, meaning reasons for, reasons to say yes, or cons, reasons to say no, or just some complicating factors that, might, uh, that we might ought to consider. And just because you give a pro, we're not all going to interpret it as you're fully in support of the whole proposition as much as we're just trying to sort of collect arguments and reasons through it together biblically. Does that make sense? Trying to use some of the tools we've gotten in this course. So the first one is, should Christians say black lives matter? Any thoughts? And don't just say yes or no. Of course, we're giving our arguments reasons. Any thoughts on why it would or wouldn't be a good idea? Yeah, Christina.
1: I think it's a great opportunity to hear the part of the person who you're talking to in that process, so okay. like affirming that yes, your life matters, okay, or the life of the person you're concerned about matters in the situation, and then just you know opening that up to greater conversation. Yeah, so you're you're
0: maybe you're looking at the issue not just the because we all know this has become a pretty divisive cultural symbol, right? Like, can you sign this or this dotted line or not, Christine, You're talking about let's get underneath this yes or no confrontational thing. And say, okay, there's somebody's somebody's heart here that we're dealing with, an image bearer of God, and we do want to communicate for sure that their life is valuable and matters because they're made in the image of God. If I could put words in your mouth, but yeah, absolutely, that's a good good point. Appreciate that.
4: Yeah, Tom. Well, in one sense, I don't think it's because Black Lives Matter started as black people being abused by police, right? So, but white people are abused by police too. So if you only focus on black people being abused by police, and you disregard white Mm -hmm. people being abused by police, you're not really tackling the issue of
6: of police brutality and Mm -hmm. abuse
4: it. So yeah, Tom, I appreciate that. So you're
0: bringing up, there's a certain historical and social context from which this phrase arose, or this statement arose. And, uh, you know, words words come in contexts, and they do certain things because of the context in which they're spoken and the intent. And so you're saying, um, would it, if I could... If I could maybe rephrase what you're saying and tell me if I'm misrepresenting, would it uh, would it implicitly communicate something uh, something that's that's not true that it would be only communicate it would only be focusing on one racial ethnic group's experience of say police brutality, and it would be ignoring other groups and their experience
3: of the same thing. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, Gary. As a, as a Christian. I can't say Black Lives Matter now. Black Lives Matter the political statement mm-hmm. because this is based on, say, communistic, socialistic. I mean, you read their okay. manifesto or whatever—anti-family, anti-God. I mean, they come yeah. right out and say that. So mm-hmm. politically, you know, I I can't say that. as mm-hmm. a person. Black lives. now, I can say to and and I. I have several black, acquaintances friends, mm-hmm. you know, how a lot of people say, oh, I'm just a black You know, I mean, I, I do, these, these are
5: friends of mine, yeah, you know, just, in my
3: experience, I, you know, and uh, so when we talk <laughs> about that a little bit, and I do say, you know, yeah, black lives matter, and if that's what you want, as a Christian, okay, mm-hmm. you, you know, so, it, on the situation, but now, like if I'm standing at the pulpit, I would never mm-hmm. say that term black mm-hmm. lives matter mm-hmm. as a Christian, all of you Christians, black lives matter, the political statement. Right. I'd always have to comment, like I am right now, that okay, mm-hmm. yes, black lives matter. I can say all lives matter, even though that irritates, but I wouldn't say that you know? mm-hmm. and to my friends, right, because I might. I try not to mm-hmm. offend. Okay. Because I know that that is offensive to some of them. Right, right. But me as a Christian, I can't say Black Lives Matter right. from the political standpoint.
4: So, a helpful
0: distinction that Gary is making, and that it's come up already too, but um, there is a there's the words and kind of nakedly what the words themselves mean. And then there's a political context, there's an organizational context, and you're talking about this organization has a like statement of faith so to speak they have a like set of values core values and i know they've they've edited it at one point it was very openly anti-family anti-god i mean it was, it was very it was explicitly anti-christian and, and the organization still holds those values i mean they've cleaned up because they gotten a lot of bad pr over basically trying to nuke the nuclear family and stuff like that but um yeah just very like like uh trying to dissolve kind of uh Biblical uh, gender norms And things like that It's all baked into Like their kind of vision As an organization So you're trying to say Okay No to the organization And the political context Of the statement But I want to communicate To individuals That the words themselves Are very true So that's a That's a, maybe a helpful Helpful way of thinking about it. Yeah Zach
6: I think maybe A complicating factor um, To the third point Is what, what does it even mean To say it Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big question because I think more often than not, we're probably talking about social media and posting or using a hashtag or whatever it might look like. And I think that there's a lot of considerations beyond just the actual words of -hmm. how valuable any of that really is for conversation, talking about these things. Um, and I have my skepticism about how valuable it is personally. Yeah. Um, but but I think that's, that's a big thing just to consider when we're talking about should we say this or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could say, well, I wouldn't say it for this reason or that, or I would say it for this reason or that. Right, right. I haven't really had that many opportunities where it would even make sense for me to say it in the first right. place. Right, right, right. So I think it, it's good to think about and talk about, but I think also... It, it could be an opinion that you have that you might never actually have any context for applying. Mm-hmm. And it could, uh, I don't know, could could tread a lot of water on it Yeah, and not actually get
0: anywhere. Yeah, very good. So just considering the context into which we are speaking and going, yeah, this has been a hashtag in social media. And I would agree social media is maybe just a really fraught environment for any kind of nuance or or carefulness like what what gary articulated of yes and no kind of a thing social media is a a bad place for yes and no uh because it's just so easy to yeah just are you doing it or not are you saying it or not um it's hard place and and we can feel pressure like everyone is sort of putting us to the kind of putting us to the line and saying are you going to say it or not you know after the george floyd killing I mean, there was this very strong sense of, like, you're either going to, like, do this blackout screen thing, or you're not, and it's, like, sh- kind of showing where you stand. Just, we we just need to be uh, just thoughtful about what is it communicating when I do or don't say something, and don't don't let the world corner us into its own terms of, you know, you're obligated to say this at this time. Uh, but, yeah, John.
7: I think that this might stretch your question a little bit, but there's a corollary, too, right? Like, if Someone comes to the church wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, or someone we know personally on Twitter is like Black Lives Matter yeah. or something. Um, not assuming that they are what their motives behind that message yeah. is, but maybe having that conversation with the person to see because maybe like they could fall on the you know like we discussed. There's the political spectrum, and yeah. then there's the like literally what the words mean yeah. spectrum, and yeah, they may fall somewhere probably somewhere in between the two yeah and trying to find that out is i think important before making judgments
0: yes it's a very good point john of um being charitable and how we listen to others and how we receive and and uh you know there's that love believes all things which is not being a dupe and being naive but it's that sense of i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to be as charitable as i can in how i read what you're what you're saying um, and 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 not assume like there's kind of the Wilson's point, self suspicion. Not assume I know exactly your intent because you did this. There's always a broader context. And they may be wrong. They may be like, yeah, this organization's great, and uh, you know, traditional biblical gender norms are a plague to society. And I was like, okay, well, th- okay, <laughs> I get I, I I get where you're coming from, and and we have some serious disagreements, but uh, it may be something else than that intended. Yeah, I was Christina, and then Matt, and I think that'll be it for this one.
1: Well, I think that John said what I was going to say pretty well in the sense of like you know I I always go to on the flip side of like okay how do we respond to somebody saying black lives? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not usually tempted to go around saying black lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my um, yeah, yeah. my my place of, of conversation piece. But um, in our we live in a very white neighborhood, mm-hmm. and um, there was one sign way down the street. Yeah. At you know uh, during the height of George Floyd, that you know it was, it was very, great. You know, um, classic. It, it was just. Classy, the way they put it out there, because mm-hmm. it's a Black Lives Matter sign, and and you know, it's like our response to that can be either like, oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You know, like yeah, oh, I'm yeah. really
1: curious because about yeah. it because you know the people who live in that home, I've always you know, it's like I don't know them, but they, yeah. like, I've always seen them as gentle, friendly, mm-hmm. not angry, and <laughs> you, know, right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, reasonable. And so, yeah. um, so it's more of like you know why. You know, what is, what's making you say that instead of mm-hmm. a, um, you know, why is this close to your heart? Why yeah. like it is it more of a curiosity stand of like yeah. a, wanting to know that person better because of it instead of making a judgment against
0: this so, Yeah, you know, just so. try to find out more. Try to get. get to the person and where they're at with it, how their heart is working. And. Yeah, Matt, you're going to, last word, you're going to solve it all. What's, uh, what's uh, the final answer?
4: We're just noticing in this statement and in other statements, like uh, uh, love conquers hate. Mm-hmm. All are welcome here. All these yeah. kind of statements that are like, in actuality, true statements, but tied, duct, uh, connected to things that we as Christians would disagree with. Yeah. Uh, it's what the kind of the trick of the world right now is like taking these true statements and adding so much extra stuff to them that we yeah. can't accept it, and then putting us in a sort of spot where. <clears throat> Can we say can we say this? Like, yeah, yeah. And we should be able to say this without any. But that's the trick. Yeah, you're right. There's
0: just these really laden kind of fraught social context for these slogans. You know, one one just thing to come away from the whole thing with is kind of back to the point we talked about: lament and empathy of of going. Some of the heart thing that people are after with this question is: Will you lament with me that it seems like my group is not is not getting its due? in our society and in history and as Christians we can reject, again the, 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 the Christ's way of doing things will probably frustrate all human categories at various times in various ways we ought to have that heart of tenderheartedness and lament and really caring about people's experiences and if they feel like my group has has, been, you know, has, has, has experienced these really historic oppressions that still go on and we may not agree on every detail with that, but can we lament with them we don't have to use the slogan the world is insisting we use But that idea of can we communicate care that they're made in the image of God, that they and their experiences matter, um, even if we resist, and there are good reasons for, yeah, like others have said, for not just trumpeting this slogan. Um, So yeah, that maybe be good. Appreciate the discussion. And uh, we have a few more minutes. This will be real easy. Um, The next question, should the church care about ethnic diversity among its leaders? Again, pros, cons, factors to consider. Or, or interrogation of, of the wording of my question, even, if you want to go that route. What was that? Should the church care about ethnic diversity among its leaders? chin Wei. Well, I
8: think one thing we talked about a lot during the just, of course, ethnicity is just one category,
3: right?
8: One thing that, that really stuck with me is, like, we can't be more diverse than what, let's say, our... Uh, Society is, or, mm-hmm. or, or what our community is, or what we're half. So like, if we're here and we have, if we're like ninety-five percent, you know, Caucasian or whatever. It is, mm-hmm. We're not. But like, just mm-hmm. we don't, we can't say, oh, well, then let's. We have to have one black elder, one Asian elder. Like, right, right. That wouldn't make sense, right? Um, so I think we have to go by what, and of course, what's more important, oftentimes very important, is um, qualifications. Like yeah, if they're, if yeah. they're qualified. Yeah. Um, so that's more important than just of the quota um, mm-hmm. not so. Um, but, of course, there is there is something valuable, but I wouldn't say that would be the primary thing
0: to, to look for.
4: Right, right. That's a helpful stuff.
0: I bring out a couple of things, and then I want to ask you a follow-up question to me. A couple good points I think you make is, one is... Um, we we don't want to be artificial, just seeking quotas. We've talked about that. That's not the diversity is not a good in itself, right? It's the kind of Gary's point: unity in diversity, the way that Christ brings people together across differences. So we're not out to artificially drum up numbers or whatever among members of the church or among the eldership, and and also. Um, we certainly, we have very clear qualifications for elder and deacon offices in the Bible, and we certainly don't want to be, like, fudging the, those in the interest of some other criterion that we, that we want, right? So if, so that's, I mean, the most fundamental things are the biblical qualifications which have to do with character, Christian maturity, and gifting. Uh, and now I want to ask you a question, Shinway. You said, but there is value. And I would ask, what, what, what would the value be of a, diverse, and, and again, it's not just ethnic, like you said. Other things like age and, and so on, life experience. But what would be the value potentially of diversity at the level of kind of church leadership?
8: Well, yeah, so again, like I, I think one thing that we don't want generally is homogenous, kind of, oh, everybody's thinking exactly the same. And mm-hmm. just being humans, we want that doesn't happen. You right, right. That even the elders have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. But I think different backgrounds can bring different uh, nuances and different um perspective perspectives mm-hmm. and different like um yeah maybe things that others wouldn't think about based on their background uh, mm-hmm. like some of these hidden things that we've, we've brought up yeah and i'm like oh wow i never even considered that kind of worldview because i never lived that kind of yeah. experience before
0: yeah so i think there is value
7: there yeah yeah very very good so there's just
0: among like elders or deacons or whatever there's there's a value and kind of a roundedness of perspective that's part of the brilliance of the plurality of elders right the biblical model of we there's we're not all like fighting and having factions when we meet together but there's a sort of we pull against each other in helpful ways right there's a sort of collective when we when we put issues in tension we it seems to lead to the wisest outcomes that seems to be the spirit's way of guiding us to wise biblical outcomes. And so the degree to which we have different kinds of diversity among us, we could anticipate there would be value in being able to see those, the different perspectives, even if it's not, we're going to erase the biblical qualifications and just headhunt, you know, for, for quotas kind of a thing. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah. uh, Austin.
8: I appreciate kind of the wording of the question of should the church care? I think one thing to think about on top of that is should Members care. So, for example, if if there is an elder or deacon who is being called up to the church, and they are of a different ethnicity, mm-hmm. maybe looking at, upon your own self as a member, if you're going to, you know, agree with that appointment or not mm-hmm. agree with that appointment, is that agreement or disagreement based on the qualifications given, word mm-hmm. by scripture? Or is it based on your own kind of prejudice or your feelings about ethnic
0: diversity and race? Yeah, very good. So there could be a danger of partiality for or against certain groups that might cloud our judgment. This is the thing, too. The church has to look at a man and assess, does he fit this biblical pattern of the office? And that that is, I mean, there's certain objective standards and qualities, but there's some subjectivity to the church members looking at that man and going, yes, he does or does not meet. And so we, that could be a, that could be an area where partiality, where ethnic sin, can, we, we could accidentally say, misunderstand spiritual maturity because we just have a certain cultural lens for how we identify it. So yeah, so just even a guard against partial. Like one thing, if we say we, we, we would love to see uh, we would love to see elders or deacons whose diversity is somewhat representative of the body. What would be really dangerous is if we let that make us partial against, A potential candidate who's qualified but he's part of the majority you're going we don't need another white elder you know we've already got four like we don't want to do that right like that would be dangerous too so we got to be careful or and that could happen any direction you you want to think about it yeah yeah,
1: Christina. And it's and and, and with that, as like, I don't know, there's an easy answer to it, but there's, right. there's that question. Whenever I, you know, we open up the uh, a pamphlet of a board that's all white guys, or yeah, the you know, like, law, and it looks like yeah. I even my Puerto Rican husband, yeah, Palestinian, yeah, yeah. 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 so like, is, like, you know, like but does how does that look to a minority coming into this church to see for the person coming right. I down? Mean, right. right, right,
0: and yeah. and 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 yeah, so there's a there's a good just. Does it? what does it communicate, could it accidentally communicate that uh, there's certain perspectives that won't be valued in, in the body, there's only so much we can do about that, but you're right, like that's a good thing to think about, how does this look to, to an outsider so,
5: yeah, Smokey I think um, number one here a, a person's faithfulness is, is considered a lot before um, Mm-hmm. they're even assessed or they volunteer mm-hmm. um, or desire, I should say, to serve in that role. So by that time, the person is known pretty well. Mm-hmm. And so ethnicity, though it can play a part if people are not, if they're not um, gaining things strictly according to qualifications, it might play a part in some black people's minds inappropriately, but it's the person's going to have been here. Mm-hmm. And there will Which be knowledge it. of them, yeah. some pretty good knowledge of them. And right. I, I've experienced that because um, I've um, wanted to serve in other contexts outside of RCG in Los no, mm. because of disability. Mm. Um, here, I did not experience that, and it's—it's, mm. it's, I think, very similar. You can have a church very concerned about a person with—you name it—in terms of of difference. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know that ethnicity is is. Um, the only thing that would be a significant no yeah. concern to people that might play in their minds in ways they just aren't really thinking of. Yeah. So that part that of the, we you said that part. partiality could
0: could latch on to all sorts of different factors. And the, just a really good point that in leadership hopefully if we're doing it well in the church, these are members who are very well known and, and so it's not it's not just you know, we certainly don't want to like boil people down to just their ethnicity or whatever at all, or even that being a, a, the, the majority issue that we're thinking through. But yeah, so knownness is huge. Yeah, John, all you have last word, and then we'll close. Stall it.
4: So, it. it.
7: <laughs> uh, no, one one hidden aspect of value of having a diverse group of leadership um, is there's, uh, it's easier for like counseling, right? Yeah. Some people may be more comfortable. And it yeah. could be on, it doesn't just be ethnic too, right? maybe right. like it may be right. the college student is more comfortable with the college educated yes. elder or yeah, yeah. the tradesman is more comfortable with the, the elder that's also, you know, done trade instead, right? Yeah that connection and that can make it more comfortable for them to approach or connect when there's an issue in a counseling kind of setting. Very very good point. And it can just be helpful
0: with with folks that don't know us as well and there isn't a, a real deep relationship. It can be a it, it can be a little bit easier to build trust when there's certain commonalities that it can be wise to run along that grain. Okay, well um, the, I, I wanted to end I appreciate so much this discussion. I wanted to just in moving forward, I wanted to end with these things that are because the whole course is, you know, we have these biblical tools for, for starting to deal with the issue but it's just going to be an ongoing matter of our walk together in the Lord, our prayer. So, you know, these are issues we don't just put a neat, tidy button on and say uh, easy, uh, black and white issue. It's it's like, okay, we, we've got factors to consider and walk in wisdom. That's the way that's what we're called to. So uh, thank you all for the walking in through this series and through these uh, this lesson. We'll, I'll close this briefly in prayer. God, thank you for Uh, the gospel and the power of the gospel the power of christ to make one people out of uh, the nations we pray we would walk in unity and love as your people and show the the beauty of heaven in more and more clear ways as your holy love permeates us and give us wisdom to walk in these things in jesus name amen